0: Hello and welcome to the 7th edition of the Lakerside Chats, your host Alan Ramich, after the amazing trade we just had and my emergency podcast I thought we should do a bit more of a karma take, I've got a recurring guest, brilliant guest, hot takes and shot fakes, Hoop Magazine's Jabari Davis, Jabari sir, how are you? i'm doing considerably better
1: than i was like say 72 hours ago so thanks for having me again my man
0: um i enjoy we enjoy the chats man we enjoy the chats especially when you're on so we appreciate it, man, and all the listeners do as well i've got a ton of good feedback from about your podcast man so i really appreciate you jumping on again
1: absolutely my pleasure seriously you you know i'm i'm an nba nerd so i i'll always look for an excuse to talk especially if it's with somebody that knows what they're talking about as well
0: I appreciate that, man. Thank you. But I can finally say we got Anthony Davis. Yes, it's been <laughs> a while. It's been a very long five months.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and even beyond that, if we're being honest, outside of of landing LeBron James last summer, and and like that, that's a big aside. That that you know, like I don't want to poo poo that. But outside of that, there hasn't been a great deal of just like. You know, resounding positivity you know, with this team. I mean, I know that we were all trying, trying our best to be positive over the last few seasons, and you know, looking forward to uh, the young guys, and 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 of course, they, you know, that's not completely you know disregarded. But in terms of like you know, hitting a home run, it's been a it's been a while, you know. So it, 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 it's good, it's good to have some positivity to speak of, you know, when it when it comes to this team, you know, for a quick change at least. Uh, it's
0: honestly the most positive I have felt. Since we that that, that this is how bad it's been. The, probably the most positive I felt since we got the number two pick in the twenty fifteen draft. So when D'Angelo Russell came out,
1: yeah, I mean you know like hey, yeah, look. It isn't being hyperbolic to state this was you know they're coming off of their worst run in franchise history by far you know prior to these last six seven years, uh you know anybody that's a fan they know they they hadn't missed the playoffs more than two consecutive seasons in a row as a franchise so some would listen to this and say oh well you guys are extremely spoiled so get over yourselves well hey that's not our fault (laughs) it's not our fault we came up watching an organization that simply did not struggle in the way that they have you know like of late and it's just it's just great it isn't it you know it it isn't like a mission accomplished banner or anything of that nature but it's certainly as i was trying to you know kind of correct on the timeline over the weekend it's certainly a darn good start i edited for you a darn good start I, i
0: just my my thing with it is is Yeah, we'll get on to how much we gave up and the draft picks and pick swaps and whether it is a Brooklyn Celtics mark two, which I don't think it is in anywhere near the shape or form of that trade. But we've got Anthony Davis. We have two of the best five NBA players in the world right now on our roster. Where where you want to put them, it doesn't matter. Even if you want to say top seven, Two of the best seven players in the world in a five-man sport. You can't be. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, now, look, Ed, anybody that wants to poo-poo this is simply looking to do that. This is a great deal. It doesn't matter what they gave up, considering everyone that was speaking on the subject last year or as recently as just a couple months ago stated they didn't have enough even with giving up everything on the roster you know not name LeBron so the fact that they were able to get as you mentioned top five top seven doesn't matter we're not going to argue semantics here you know two top seven players top five you know ish players on their roster at the same time with additional cap space with some additional flexibility It, you know look whether we deserve it or not, the Lakers are there. They're right there in the conversation. And to be honest with you, with the West and the league being as wide open as it appears to be, they're right there in the driver's seat if they can put together, you know, put a roster around these around these two.
0: And I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, everyone's noticed. Nick Wright called it out on first things first. The absolute narrative change of these Lakers' young players ever since they've been trading is astounding. Astounding, sorry.
1: <laughs> I- I anticipated it because I've seen it before you've seen it before we saw the same thing when it came to Julius Randle when he was when he was with the Lakers it was a matter of, oh he he can't shoot he's short he's you know he's awkward he's just a you know bull in a china shop and all of these things that there were varying degrees of truth to them but you know the only thing that was focused upon was the negative not the fact that even with those limitations he still got the job done even with those limitations he clearly worked on his body over those first few years to the point where now? He's you know he's he's one of the you know one of the better conditioned you know guys at his position. Um, you know we saw the same thing with D'Angelo. You know when he, when he was with the Lakers it was oh he stinks he's a snitch he's this he's that and you know to a certain degree the jokes are always going to fly and when it comes to being a Laker fan you have to just anticipate there's going to be a certain amount of you know just you know for lack of another way of saying it there's going to be a, a certain amount of hating but yes. The, the, the pivot was immediate. The same exact folks that dogged, you know, dogged out those, you know, that package that they, they, we just or excuse me, that the Lakers are, are in the process of sending to New Orleans are the same folks that now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, hey, you know what? There's a lot of talent there. And oh, hey, look, how could they give up so much? It's silly, it's asinine, it's very obvious, and whatever, honestly. (laughs) I don't even have time to – I'm not even going to waste any more time. I'm not even going to devote any more effort to it because it's obvious.
0: And it is a shame that we had to lose Lonzo, Ingram, and Josh Hart. But as I mentioned, either on the timeline or on the previous emergency podcast that that I made, it's Anthony Davis at the end of the day. And as much as you, me and you are very firmly on Lonzo Ball Island, we think this kid is amazing. Yep. As good as Lonzo is, is he ever going to become the level of Anthony Davis? No. Realistically.
1: When, when you have young, you know, promising talent, the hope, the prayer, the desire is for them to eventually one day end up great. Anthony Davis isn't just great. He's a generational talent. They're like, again, this is not a knock against those young guys, because to be honest with you, I'm going to remain a fan of theirs. I'm going to continue to wish the best for them. And quite frankly, I think that New Orleans team, if they can get and remain relatively healthy, is going to be exciting right off the bat. They may not, you know, may or may not be a playoff team, depending upon, you know, uh, relative team health, but they've got a lot of talent on that team. But the, you know, but the truth of the matter is, you know, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Alan, you know, I totally lost my train just then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man.
1: Totally.
0: that thing where, you're right, they'll be very exciting. And I probably will watch a lot of them. But even with the added depth that they have with the young players, will they be as good as the Lakers next year? I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be close. Because as much as we want to say depth is important, and we've seen it with Toronto, how important depth is, if you don't have the bona fide superstar, you ain't getting very far. Look at the Clippers. The Clippers that were put out. Oh look, they pushed the Warriors to six games. They did a really good job. This, that, and the other. They still got bounced in the first round. For all the yeah. world.
1: Yeah, and, and actually, um, thank you, uh, thank you for bringing me back to it. That's basically what I was going to say. It, it's great to have young, you know, young and exciting players. Uh, again, not 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 to knock any of those guys in any way, but ultimately, the hope and the prayer is that they end up as Anthony Davis. You got Anthony Davis now, so let's go.
0: And as much as I wanted Josh Hart to stay, if Josh Hart is the deciding factor between an Anthony Davis trade happening or not happening, you, you, you just do it. You don't even think about it. it it's, it's asinine. Some of the points I've seen on Twitter, not just on Twitter, I've seen actual journalists make the point that they may have not made the trade if it was Josh Hart, like, or maybe not Josh Hart, but Ingram or a Ball, And they're like, look as much as i love these young guys as much as you see them grow as much as you know you enjoy watching them in this process and like you said we'll remain fans of them the pelicans going to be my number one watch team on league pass you know like after the lakers obviously but at the same time this this is a business the nature of this beast is we're in a championship business and are the Lakers a lot closer to winning a championship now that they have Anthony Davis on the roster with LeBron and Kyle Kuzma and not much else? Even with just five guys contracted to the Lakers currently, we're way closer. And now as long as the summer goes well, I don't know if you what you think, we could probably be the favorites in the West.
1: Yeah, I, I do think, and you know, you hit it on the head. It depends upon the rest of the summer. Like this, you know, that, that's and that's why I characterize it as a great start. People would you know might say like, "Come on, you got two to top five guys. How can that be a start?" Well, because without putting a proper roster around them, we've seen you know we've seen recent examples of what it looks like when you just have you know one or two guys that you can rely upon. Especially you know when one of those guys, and I'm not jinxing anything, is coming off of the worst injury of his of his entire career, and he's heading into year seventeen. So it, it's it's something definitely consider but no they uh if you have those guys you're in the game uh i personally do think they're going to have a strong summer i don't know necessarily whether they'll end up with even the capability you know in terms of uh the actual cap space to sign a third you know big big name but there are a lot of different options for these guys out there you know and and again now they're at least in the conversation for kind of whomever they want to you know at least have that talk with
0: and another thing I want to mention before we come on to the cap situation is while the Lakers gave up a lot, we absolutely did not overpay, in my opinion, anyway. We did not overpay for Anthony Davis because Chris Carter made a good And I don't really like, I don't usually like these talking head shows, but mm-hmm. I did watch them just to keep on track and see what they said this morning because I knew it was going to be very LA Laker based. Chris oh. Carter made this great point. Sometimes, because the nature of the beast oh, I'm using that phrase again because of the nature Sorry. this is it's just constant turnover players are exploding all the time sometimes you forget how good these players actually are anthony davis while he was actually not on a minutes restriction and before this trade request he was averaging 29 and 13 that's crazy it,
1: honestly it's it's look honestly Alan. it's crazy to me that people are even arguing this it's Anthony Davis, man. Like stop. <laughs> like when I say stop, I'm not telling you to stop. And 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 look for the Lakers fans out there that are are still lamenting, uh, you know, losing those guys that you know, you kind of came, you know, kind of came of age, you know, you or watched them, you know, start to come of age. I get that, but I stated, I think I believe I stated it on uh, on this uh, uh, on your inaugural show when you got in bed with LeBron James when you decided to go that route, you knew and I'm speaking generally for everybody associated with the Lakers, you knew that you, you know, you weren't in this for the long play. Now I'm not saying you don't also have to continue to plan for the future, which is what bringing in 26 year old Anthony Davis does. uh, But you made the decision to get in bed with somebody that you knew you've got a, you've got a very short window. So again, nothing against those young guys. We all knew what was going to take place when they signed LeBron James.
0: And it's not like we're not positioning ourselves either for life after LeBron. Once yes. LeBron's contract ends, so in three years' time, Anthony Davis is still 29. He's still yes. right in his prime. Mm-hmm. It's it's that thing where, yeah, we've mortgaged a future, but at the same time, we've got a superstar. And I don't care what... I know Chris Haynes came out with an article that Anthony Davis is testing free agency but if people get the actual numbers behind it, he can earn a lot more money by entering free agency. And yeah, it's all yeah. up for him to make the most amount of money possible. And being pro player, I'm just like, get your money, guys. You know, like, you guys deserve it, you know. So.
1: Well, it. Honestly, unless it just went disastrously this year. I don't see a situation where you're you, where you're Anthony Davis and you you and your representatives force this move in order to then just jump ship again the you know the, the following summer. I, and look, n- nothing is impossible, and you know certainly there would be some out there that can't wait to see if it goes poorly to see you know to see what takes place to be able to say, hey, yeah, hey, look, I thought you said this. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but it would very much shock me to see him you know truly test free agency and and elect to leave after going through this. process process specifically get to get to LA.
0: And after Rich Paul calls Lakers the NBA version of JLo, I, I highly doubt it also. But it is an it is a thing that you have to bring up, you know. Yeah, like, for sure. There's been a lot of vitriol on the timeline, especially from non-Lakers people. And <laughs> it it is it's good though. It's it's a good sign to see that because it means that they're fearing us again. That's that's my biggest takeaway from it is People are starting to like the Lakers because they realise that we're this young team. that does. They can't make a ton of noise, but they're likeable. They got a few good assets. Now that LeBron and AD are on the team, people are feeling that the Lakers are slowly, even through all the adversity, even through all the rubbish we've had, we've made two podcasts about how tumultuous and crazy the situation is. We're on our way up. And I wasn't expecting to make a podcast where I'm this positive about it. And as much as I dog on Rob Polinka, and I think there's a lot of reason to dog on him, and it wasn't the greatest trade in the world. He did give up a lot. Credit to him for making the trade, though. I absolutely believe that. I don't know what you think, but.
1: I, I Honestly, my opinion remains the same on Polinka. I think, I, I think it was on this show. I know that we've, we've directly discussed it. But I basically said, hey, look, all of the evidence that's out there, it, it appears as though he's a snake. If you're a Lakers fan, you just want him to be your snake. Get the job. Like honestly, as long as he gets the job done. Part step one, getting this deal done. He did that. Yes, he gave up a lot, but you have to give up a lot to get a generational talent like Anthony Davis. So I think he, you know, like I, I would, you know, and I, and I know that you're not, you know, characterizing this, but I know that, um, you know, the timeline has been. Uh, I would say he gave up an appropriate package for it, you know, for a, a person uh, or a player the level of Anthony Davis. Now the second part, you know, and and again. This is dead. This is squarely on his shoulders. The second part is not putting together a silly roster like we did last year. You got to be you, you have to put together a real roster now. And and, and I won't you know, I won't step on you on your next, you know, next couple segments, because I believe we're going to be talking about some potential options for that. Uh, but I'm of the opinion that you don't necessarily have to throw all of the money at one other guy. I'm of the opinion that unless unless a certain name or two pops up, uh, you, you're probably better served splitting that money into three or four contributors. But again, we, you know, I'm sure we'll be talking about that moving forward.
0: Um, I just want to clarify the package. Just if, if you haven't heard of it, you're living under a rock. First of all, but yes. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just name the package. So it is Lonzo Ingram, Josh Hart. We give up the number four pick, which we looked into, but at the same time, it is our pick. And w- While it would have been nice to pick at number 4, we're supposed to be picking at 11, so that's just a bonus anyway. We keep our 2020 pick. Our 2021 is reverse protected, which I think is the first I've seen of its kind in the NBA. Where if it's 1-8, to the Pelicans will get it, but if it's anything less, it becomes unprotected in 2022. In 2023, it is a pick swap, and in 2024, they have our pick, and if they don't like it, they can defer to 2025. And I know that sounds like a lot, but when you actually break it down, apart from the number four pick, realistically, that's all going to be late. As long as everything pans out, like we said, we don't want to be too jumping at the gun, but most of them picks will be in the late 20s anyway. And what something that this franchise has shown is being able to pick good players, either late in the first round or in the second round. And I'm very confident that even if we lose them for first round picks and... We'll find value in the draft, definitely.
1: Yeah, the, honestly, the the scouting department, uh, player development, all of the all of those guys that go into deciding you know whom to pick over the last five years or so have done a so- very solid job. And and I know that there have been some new faces in that mix, but the standard, you know, you know the state, you know, the standard folks like the Ryan West and uh, I always mistakenly say it, I believe it's Joey Bus, not Johnny Buss. I always say the wrong one when it comes to that. But you know the the young, younger bus kids, as well as Ryan West, they've all done a phenomenal job of scouting. So uh, it, 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 again, it, it, it's not, it, it isn't that it's nothing. It's that, you know, Again, I think that it's the appropriate package that it, that it was going to take. It wouldn't shock me moving forward to see them still jump in and find ways to obtain additional late first and second round picks over these next couple of years, so that even though they're having to swap their own, they you know, like they've done in recent years, they'll probably you know look to pick up you know some other teams, but some other teams late first and, and as well as early seconds.
0: Or we can just buy pull a Golden State and buy second round picks like they did for Jordan Bell. That's always, yeah. or like it's we did with three, Jordan three, Clarkson, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, exactly. it happens constantly in the NBA. But let's move on to the second segment, yeah. where the cap situation, where there's a lot been a lot of confusion in the past couple of days, where people don't know when the trade will be done, where if it's done on July sixth, the the cap hit very slightly. If it's done July thirtieth, again, we if it doesn't if it's done July thirtieth. We have enough space to sign a max free agent in free agency straight away. I feel like that's very clear. Uh, but if it's done July 6th, like there's a lot of speculation. If Anthony Davis declines to waive his trade kicker, the Lakers will have approximately 23.6 million uh, in cap space. If he does waive it, the Lakers will have approximately uh, just around, just slightly less than 28 million. Uh What do you think will happen with that? Do you think it'll go down July sixth? Do you think it'll go down July thirtieth? I'm interested in that because it is a big. Go on.
1: No, I apologize. I was just saying. I I, obviously, you know, I'm chomping at the bit at all times. (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm I'm intrigued to see what goes down. I don't think the Pelicans are going to allow it to wait. You know, like uh, allow the deal uh, to wait until the thirtieth. Because specifically that doesn't just help, you know, that doesn't just help the Lakers, that actually hurts the Pelicans. Like they they lose, you know, they actually lose money as a result of that. But I'm intrigued to see, and 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 you brought it up uh in the follow. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what Anthony Davis does. I'm intrigued, you know, specifically because this is a this is a deal in a move that's coordinated by his representatives. That going into it, obviously, they knew that that would be a part of the conversation. Uh, I look personally, would I fault him for saying no? I want my four million dollars. No, I know a lot of folks are probably gonna be like, no, no, come on, be a team guy. Look, it's four million dollars. Regardless of how much money anyone has, four million is four million. But. If they've got some sort of like wink, wink deal or an understanding that he's will willing to waive that because it could it, it will significantly improve their chances at another guy. I'm obviously I'm here for it. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do.
0: Uh, some news has just broke. Uh, Patrick Beverly will looks like be taking a meeting with the Lakers during free agency, which we'll get onto later. But Uh I just wanted to put that out in the air. And that's another option that we'll get to it, though. Uh, My biggest thing is with Anthony Davis. While Klutch obviously did orchestrate it, he's his own man, and he did decide to, but he did decide to come to L.A., and then Rich Paul just orchestrated it. If there's a chance that we can get a max free agent alongside uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis will absolutely wave that trade kicker. I, I'm in no doubts about that because it's in Anthony Davis's best interest to trade for that, to weigh that trade kicker because it helps him get, it helps his team get even better and closer to that championship standard that he wants, which is so patently obvious. That's what he wants out of the NBA. He doesn't want to be one of these guys who stays with one team, never wins a championship. So people doubt his credentials. Uh, but if he if we don't get anyone, I, I wouldn't blame him for taking that extra 4 million. Like you said, money's money. And it doesn't matter yeah. if you if you're worth 40 billion, if you're worth 40 dollars, four million's four million at the end of the day. It's a lot of money to leave on the table. So it's it's that thing where I'm confident that if there is a max free agent that is willing to come to LA, I feel like Anthony Davis would be taking that four million to trade kicker off the table, and then he'd get an extra four million for starring in Space Jam two.
1: You know that's funny. I was going to go there as well and say, you know what, just get <laughs> on the back end, give him some points, give him some points on the movie, do something, you know, do something along the, along those lines. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I'm right there with you. I think, you know, I think he would do that. I just, I, I wanted to present that other side of it because I don't want to set people up for disappointment in the event that he decides, hey, no, we're not getting one of those main guys, and I want my money <laughs> because, again, I wouldn't fault him, even though. You know, if, if we're speaking in fantasy terms, yes, it would be great. Even if they're not going to get a main guy to have that additional four million, but it's easy for me to spend other. It's a lot easier for me to spend somebody else's four million than than to spend my
0: own. <laughs> and it is, is a good point because we are going to get get onto the free agents now, and right. we are going to talk about the max guys first. And if we do have enough max cap space, but like we see all the time in the NBA, though. If there is a guy who's willing to come, and like we saw with the Heat as well, when LeBron joined the Heat, when they needed a ton of cap space to make that three-man team work, it happens. They find a way to make it happen. And it would not surprise me if we do see an Isaac Bonger trade or a, a Maurice mm-hmm. Wagner trade. You know what I mean? It.
1: Yeah.
0: Who do you think realistically we can get?
1: You mean of the max free agent guys
0: max free agents. Yeah. So not
1: to be boring, but there's only one name out there that I would offer a max deal to other than that. I would, you know, like we, you know, we discussed in the pre-show, I would want to break it down. If Kawhi Leonard is interested in coming and joining this, there's not a doubt in my mind. 1 million percent. You, you give him that money and then you figure it out from there. But if it's not him, uh, you can run down a list. My answer is is honestly, no, I would pretty like Kyrie. No, I would not give him the, I would not give him the, you know, the lion's share of the bulk of the money. Uh, that's not to say that I'm not dissing Kyrie. I'm not saying that he's, you know, not worth that to another team, but I uh, giving him that money really limits, you know, like it, it you know, it limits your um, your margin for error to a point where you're really risking it for a guy that's injury prone. And I don't care how that sounds. He's injury prone. He's shown that over the the course of his career.
0: Absolutely. And it's that thing where people mention that Anthony Davis is injury-prone. Anthony Davis has played at least 75 games every single season the past three years. Even if he was injury-prone at the start of of his career, obviously that part's just ended there. You know what I mean? People don't like to put it in terms like that. If you get 75
1: games from him, that's completely fine.
0: Exactly. Uh, I agree with you. If we can get Kawhi Leonard, you move Helen Highwater to get Kawhi Leonard.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: If it's a Kemba Walker or a Kyrie or a Jimmy Butler, because I'm taking KD and Clay off the table. I think they're off the table for LA now as well. As much as people say, oh, Lakers will still give him a meeting, I think they would just because Kevin Durant, and he's one of the best players we've ever seen in our lifetimes. So it would be foolish not to give him a meeting just out of – PR perspective, but I don't feel like he's a realistic option. And if it's true that the Golden State Warriors do give him a five-year extension, I think he signs it, especially after this Achilles injury. I don't know what you think. Yeah,
1: if you're KD and they offer you that five-year, you know, full max, you 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 can't say no to that. You can't say no. Like it's you, you hit it on the head, especially coming off of that Achilles when you're not going to play real basketball again until you're 30. You're really, you know, right about or, or you know, just turn 32 years old. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, you know, I, I, I can actually you know go a step further. I might be willing to offer that to Jimmy. I would not offer it to Kimba or Kyrie. Like And, 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 if, and if I'm ranking those three, it would go Jimmy, then Kimba, then Kyrie.
0: While I agree that I prefer Jimmy's two-way abilities, I think Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player. I think over mm-hmm. the past, over ever since he got traded to Philly, he he's shown that he wasn't the issue in Minnesota. I absolutely believe that wholeheartedly. I do not think he was the issue in Minnesota whatsoever. As much as people wanted to paint him with a brush, and there's mm-hmm. a reason why people want to paint him with a brush. We'll we'll get onto that in a later future podcast. We'll talk about that. We've already agreed to talk about that. Oh yeah. But, Jimmy Butler is obviously he just wants to win, and he wants people to work hard. And if you don't work hard, he will tell you straight to your face that you're not working hard. And he wants you to know that he's all about winning championships. And I respect the hell out of that. From a built team building standpoint, we have no point guard. And even if I I wouldn't personally give the max to Kyrie or Kemba. I would understand the rationale behind it, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I I, I would. Um, well, I would understand the rationale behind Kimba. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I'm as low on Kyrie as I've ever been, and and it's it's funny because I'm a Kyrie fan. Uh, but there's a difference between being a fan of a player and wanting your the team that you either root for or cover, uh, you know, max him out for four years.
0: No, I agree, and I think Kyrie's taking a two plus one, anyways. That that's just a vibe I get, because after two years, he'll be eligible for the ten-year max.
1: Ten-year max, yeah. And
0: then that's just when one. he'll be on even up more money. And then, as an injury-prone six-foot-three point guard, who 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 obviously, as much as I lo- I love Kyrie Irving as well, the way he plays basketball is sublime. Yeah, I honestly think that he's that type of person where he can't he can't be in one place for too long. That's the that's the feeling I get with him, and that's well, not a bad thing, by the way. I absolutely don't slight him for that or anything like that. It's just in life, there are certain people that can't stay in the same place for too long. Kobe Bryant will be in LA for the rest of his life. Magic Johnson Ditto. LeBron, oh, yes. now will be in LA for the rest of his life. But I feel like Kyrie needs to he needs to move. He needs new challenges. He needs something. You know what I mean? Where yeah. that's, no, that's that's just the person I think he is. And you, like you know I, what's you know what's funny about that? The, 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 I I had not
1: recognized that about him, but maybe that's why I like him because I relate to him. That's kind of how I am in, in, you know, in my professional life. You know, I, I'm usually I'm usually pretty good for a year or two, maybe three years, but beyond that, after that, I need I need a new challenge. I, I need a new voice, new surroundings. So maybe that's why I like I, I personally like Kyrie.
0: Could be a subconscious connection.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, can I, guess- I throw some names? At, can I throw a few other uh, point guard names at you?
0: Absolutely, because it, it so, brings us on to our next segment where if we don't get the max cap space for reasons, whatever they are, give me some names of people we should target.
1: So point guard wise, names that I would prefer to target, because, again, you know, you can utilize the money for two or three players as opposed to one guy. And and, and just before the podcast, I believe, you know, you, you mentioned that Pat Beverly has already stated that he's going to take a meeting. Well, he was the, the he's he's one of the first names on my list. Th- that type of grit, that type of approach, that type of you know you know that type of skill set is I, is honestly what I think you you know they could use kind of surrounding you know those superstar players. So between you know, whether it's a Pat Beverly or a Seth Curry or even a Darren Collinson that has some familiarity with running Vogel's system, I I would prefer to go that route. You know, at the point guard position.
0: Can I throw another name at you?
1: Absolutely.
0: Corey Joseph. I love Corey yeah. Joseph. And I know he's limited and I know he's not the greatest point guard ever, but he plays defense really well. And he knocks down the three consistently, where to the point where in a LeBron James system, he's like a Mario Chalmers. And that's no disrespect intended because Mario Chalmers was pivotal to some of the wins that the Heat had, especially in their championship seasons as well. I really like Corey Joseph. The, another person who I really like, I like Al- Alex Caruso a lot. I'm really big on wow. Alex Caruso. I feel like he should hey. absolutely be in the rotation next year.
1: So you, you make a great point with Alex Caruso, but I'll, I'll just say Corey Joseph, I would... I, I'm glad that you mentioned the shooting because I was going to say I need to look at his shooting splits to see you know to see to look uh, a little bit more in depth into you know, because of course when he's playing the Lakers yeah he, he knocks <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of other guards he always seems to knock them down but I, you know it, 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 if, if I'm being honest I, I need to look into him a little bit more but yes like that type of player that level player a guy that can knock you know knock shots down a guy that also on the flip side can defend the you know defend the other point guard or even uh, you know more ideally could be. be a combo, you know, defender on the other side. So now I'm I'm right there with you. But when it comes to Alice Caruso, look, I said this during the season and and people looked at me like I was a little bit crazy or like I had a horn growing out of my forehead. I didn't understand why, one, they signed Rondo to begin with, but two, in particular, once Lonzo went down, why they didn't immediately bring Caruso into the rotation. They did down the stretch, but they wasted about a month, maybe even a month and change where, you know, he was either, he was still getting, you know, uh, DNPs, or you know, barely getting off the pine, and, and of course, anytime this comes up, there's you know, from a you know, from a coaching standpoint, it, it could be. Oh, well, maybe he wasn't earning it, maybe he wasn't, you know, showing, or maybe they just you know, or it also could be maybe they just didn't took a close take a close enough look. But yes, Alex Caruso, while he's not a starting point guard by any stretch, I think if he's you know, if he's in your rotation, whether he's your second or your third, and you use him as a combo, you know, a combo reserve, he's absolutely somebody that can, you know, that can benefit your rotation. So I agree with you on that.
0: And look at Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is the biggest example. There is nothing wrong with not being starting caliber. Uh, no. People take it as a slight, but realistically, even if you're one of the best eight players on your team, you're one of the best 240 players in the world. It's crazy. Like these are like we're talking about the elite level players here. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not talking about scrubs. And what, Alex, what... Car- go on. Well, just piggybacking that. Not only that,
1: like, like the thing about starter versus, you know, versus uh, versus uh, substitutes. Look, look at look at Lamar Odom, for instance. Remember when Phil elected to make him a, you know, you'll make him a six man. That wasn't because he wasn't good enough to start. In fact, Lamar was very, you know, was probably the second or third best player, a most consistent player on those, you know, on those, uh, on those teams on a lot of nights. But it was just a matter of it balanced, it balanced the court, it balanced the rotation, uh, you know, a heck of a lot more. And, I, you know, so, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a six guy or or, or a part of a you know, a productive part of a rotation.
0: Absolutely, Lou Williams could easily start in the in this NBA. Yes. Easily, Manu yeah. Ginobili. Manu Ginobili was a starter. He was an All Star, but he decided to Pop decided for him to come off the bench because of mm-hmm. the extra impetus it gives you off the bench. And there's wow. nothing wrong with being that guy because that guy is so vital. Especially in the NBA. We saw it with Andre Gudala when the Warriors were winning championships. Especially last year. When he came off the bench. I know he started a lot this year because of injuries. But when he came off the bench, it was just a different team. It brings a different energy into it. And it's vital. Which wings would you consider looking at? Because we, just, we touched on a point guard. Which wings would you consider?
1: So it's funny when it comes to that, because like, I, you know, it, I've mentioned a couple of these guys and I usually get like the, you know, like the turned up nose. If you're going to spend big money on a wing, I would prefer for it to be either a guy like Middleton. And I'm not going to lie to you. like, I know a lot of people made fun when he was the rookie of the year and like, you know, they don't pay attention to him. And, you know, Hey, look, I've even made fun of the fact that he looks like Oscar from the office, but uh, Chris, uh, excuse me, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, is not a bad choice, especially when you consider that Milwaukee's going to have to pay both of those guys. And I think that they're going to prioritize Middleton for all of those folks that really liked Josh Hart or even the best of Josh Hart when he was healthy. Malcolm Brogdon is not a bad option at depending upon what his number would be. And then, of course, of course, you've got guys like Danny Green and Wayne Ellington and, and you know the, the interchangeable defenders that can that can knock down the three, of course. But if you you're know, like if you're willing to spend a little bit more money, I would I would look at a guy like Malcolm Brogdon and see if you can steal him away.
0: And the name I'll throw at you is a guy who Pop seems to highly cover, but who's who he's gonna go after in free agency is Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pacers. I yes. like him a lot, man. People don't realize just how good he was because the Pacers aren't really a fashionable team to watch. But mm-hmm. as soon as Oladipo went down, he was putting up legit All Star numbers. It was crazy yeah, bag- how good this guy was.
1: Bagdanovich is a great call, an absolutely great call, and I'm not joking with you when I say I had him on the notes and just didn't mention him, and I don't know why. <laughs> I should have known that you, that you would. I should have known that you would go there and that you would know, and you would know about him. Absolutely. Uh, you know, six, seven, six, eight guy, you know, uh, not a, not, you know, not not a lockdown defender, but a guy that gives you effort, you know, and, and is strong physically on that side can definitely knock it down. And if he gets hot from deep, you know, look out. So no, that, that I think that would also be, I would put him in that same range uh, of if you're going to pay a little bit more, because I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're getting him for, you know, completely on the cheap, uh, you know, like as you would get, like maybe a Danny Green or a Wayne Linton, if you're going to pay a little bit more, I think I would definitely, you know, he would, he would be in that mix.
0: If if he's if he's available for in between thirteen to fifteen million dollars, if I'm the Lakers, you absolutely do that, because we've seen how important he was to a paces as a primary option. As soon as Oladipo came down, imagine him as a tertiary option when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis ahead of him. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah like 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 he like a uh, Bogdanovich as a fourth or fifth option. You're in the money. You're in the money. Now, truth be told, I'd like to keep that around 10 if I could. But then again, I'm being cheap because I, you know, I want them to maximize as much as possible. But you're right. Uh, top in, probably the top end that I would go is right in that range that you said.
0: And if Pop wants to pay more for him, good luck to him.
1: <laughs> if you want to pay, pay him Evan Turner money, uh, 18 a year, go ahead.
0: I I, I agree with you. And then we have, we have to go into another glaring weakness that we have on our roster is the five spot because Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis has made this very patently clear he does not consider himself a five he's a four Mm -hmm. a power forward which centers would you go after
1: wow okay so I clearly I want I want all of Boston's blood I want I want to bleed them out as green as it may be, I want to bleed them out because I'm hoping the rumor that Al Horford is considering opting out of his last year is true. Because if that is the case, you—that's the guy. That guy right there is the one you want. Yes, you know, a guy like Vujacic would be would be nice, but you're probably going to have to pay way too much for him. Um, Vujacic, uh, excuse me, Vucevic, um, excuse me. You're probably going to have to pay too much. Him. Um, shout out to Sasha, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why I had voodoo cheeks in my head. But anyhow, yo, know, um, but yeah, I would want a veteran guy that's shown that he can defend that's shown that he's, you know, that, you know, that, that he can move around, you know, like on the court can also defend the pick and roll relatively well. That's going to you know, protect the rim and also can stretch the floor. If they can get a guy like that, I think that's the perfect fit. I know. Well, no, I don't know. I figure you're probably going to mention Brooke Lopez, but I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of Lakers fans, to be honest, like are a little bit myopic and a little bit silly when it comes to you know opining over losing him, because quite frankly, I watched the postseason. I watched him down the stretch. Yes, he makes a bunch of, you know, he, he makes a bunch of three-pointers when he gets hot, but that's about it. It was difficult for Milwaukee to get him on the court throughout the playoffs, especially in those elimination games. And there's a reason for that. So, yeah, I would go Al Horford. What, what, what were you thinking?
0: I've got a few names. Brook would be an option, but obviously at the right price. Yeah, um, I'd I'd consider bringing Javale back for the right price again. I think you could probably get him for close to the vet minimum, unless someone wants to splash a whole lot of cash on Javale. And then if you do, good luck to you. You know, like yeah, I, I I'd I'd be happy for Javale, but I'd be like, mm. dude, like what are you doing with your franchise? <laughs> do you know what I good mean? Up. <laughs> uh, I like Dwayne Deadman a lot. I yeah. love Dwayne Deadman. I think he's fantastic.
1: Uh, Live body, you know, can stretch it a little bit. Uh you know, has never, you know, never had very much fanfare. I liked him when he was uh when he was a reserve uh, it, uh he was a reserve with uh the Spurs prior to going to Orlando, right? It was Orlando, then San Antonio. Oh, all the way around, okay, yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, that that would not be a bad option. I'll put it like this: I would go that option prior to going McGee and prior
0: to going Lopez. I like Dwayne Dedman a lot. I like Javale, like I've said. Mm-hmm. I I think Whiteside will probably be available, and for all of his like, uh, what 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 would you categorize it as? Behavioral faults that he's shown. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like under the right tutelage, like I think he. Changed as soon as Dwayne Wade entered that roster again. Do you know what I mean? As soon as he had the right people around him, I feel mm-hmm. like he changes and it's a good thing. Um, I feel like if he is available on the cheap, I feel like that's a good option as well. I don't know if he will be, I don't know if the heat will waive him or what they'll do with him.
1: I don't think I. I, I, I think he's going to price himself out because I, I agree with you. I think there was enough of a reclamation project when you know when Wade returned that people will look at him and say, "Oh, he can still you know he's still young enough he can still you know he can still play he can still play you know at, at a relatively high level in the right situation." So if I'm the Lakers, I, I would not I wouldn't uh, pay what I think his rate might be.
0: Uh, an, another few main things I'd I'd probably think about not maybe from a um. Centre standpoint is either of the Morris twins. I feel like they'd be amazing. Really shooters, hard-nosed, good people. They seem like genuinely nice people who just want to win and work hard, which I respect a lot. I'd also consider, this this might be a bit of a nostalgic pick, but I still think he could contribute 10 to 15 minutes a night on a good team. I'd consider bringing in Vince Carter. I honestly would. Like I said, 10-15 to minutes a night I feel like he can still hit freeze he's still able enough to actually defend a little bit and because of Anthony Davis protecting the rim, I feel like you could hide that and then if you're talking about someone who wouldn't crack under pressure Vince Carter would not crack under pressure especially at this stage and it's his last year as well so it gives him a chance at a championship finally
1: I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole. If you're going to go that route, I would rather Rudy Gay. You know what I mean? And I know that Rudy Gay... I know that Rudy Gay is probably going to be more expensive than Vince Carter would because you could get him on a vet. You you would imagine you get him on a vet minimum. Now here's the thing: I don't hate the idea. I just wouldn't do it unless it's like the final roster spot type deal because I don't think that you can rely upon him. You know you know for you know for consistent minutes. I watched him in in Atlanta because I specifically like Trey Young and because I wanted to rub it in my my co-host Josh's face that Trey Young was playing so well down the stretch. And uh, honestly, Vince doesn't have it anymore.
0: I think I've watched a few games that he looked good then. That was probably my Whoa. thing. <clears throat> uh, and then, I obviously, like like we've said a lot of times, stats can be misleading. He did shoot 39% from free. So uh, that's, that's probably what I looked at. And like you said, if you've watched a lot, I will take your advice on that. I feel like... I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure it wasn't a matter
1: of like remembering him from two years ago he he was he was with him on the stretch last year right
0: yeah he was there all season wasn't he because he he liked the fact that he could be a pivotal part and he could help the young guys like a Trey young like a kevin Herter, develop and come along quicker
1: Uh, okay well i'll I'll be nicer about it especially because this will definitely offend josh uh because that's one of his favorite all-time players (laughs) Uh, he's not he's not you know he's not completely done i just don't i just wouldn't put any any true true like oh we need vince tonight you know tell you if if it's going to be one of those situations where he's a needed part of the you know of the rotation i just don't know if his body you know you know would would Would
0: would hold up yeah yeah absolutely i'm not saying he'd be like a seventh eighth option i feel like pivotal moments in certain situations i feel like he could help and especially when it comes to like just being around a team, you you need guys like that. In my opinion, every team needs a couple of guys who have been in the NBA for so long. I know we have LeBron in that respect, but LeBron's so out of this world and he's never really come across that situation where he's on a level of these rotational players. Vince Carter, the past couple of years, has been a rotational player. And as much as I loved him and as much as, he, as good as he was in his prime, he can relate to an Alex Caruso. He can relate to... Player X or whoever we sign, you know, and I feel like that's yeah, was- good. You're, you're
1: right. the And every roster does need it. And if you need, like, ultimately, if you, all right, so you know how they said that they added Rondo and you know a couple of those guys for character guys and locker room guys. If you need that, I would go. Yes, I, I, I would say Vince Carter or even like a Jamal Crawford, like that type of guy, like as your final pickup. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But if, but if but if in terms of like uh, an actual contributor that. I, you know, uh, you know, of that mold, like I said, I think Rudy Gay, and I don't know, I don't know how, you know, how you feel about him. I think Rudy Gay, you know, is, is a good option.
0: I feel like Rudy Gay will, will have priced himself out by the time free agency comes around, because I feel like the Spurs will probably give him another decent-ish contract. They should. I, yeah. I, I absolutely think the Marcus, either Marcus or my will be, the Morris twins will be available at a decent price going back to the fact they are clutch clients and they seem to be good with LeBron. I feel like if it came to winning a championship, I feel like one of them would take that over the cap exception of about four and a half million, which would be amazing. I feel like they could help a lot, especially as the as we expect the roster to be con- constructed anyway.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, uh, sorry. I, I got caught looking at the timeline and uh, some of my, uh, Clipper fan friends that are lamenting the fact that <laughs> that Beverly has formally announced uh, that he intends to meet with the Lakers, and that's just funny to me. I'm sorry, like you 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 know I you know as much as I you know as much as I, I will present to be uh, you know balanced or whatnot. There's still certain fan bases that I enjoy <laughs> that I enjoy seeing go through it a little bit.
0: And if we honestly. Out of any point guard targets, Patrick Beverly will be absolutely my number one target. Nice. I love Patrick Beverly. And it will stop Rush on Rondo being on the roster. And as much as I like Rondo and as much as a good a player as I think he was, he's not that guy anymore. He honestly isn't. No. He's been a
1: net negative guy for the past like six, seven season. And 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 I'm not I, I I'm one of the guys that always says like you can't just base it on what the numbers say. I also watched this past year, and he's not that guy anymore. He just isn't. Uh, from a from a defensive standpoint, he's he's a sieve. Like it, it, it's real bad on that end. And on the offensive side, unless he's really got it going, yeah, just no thanks.
0: He's a turnstile. That's what I would call a turnstile yep. on defense. <laughs> uh, well, come and go, okay. as, huh? It's just come and go as you please with Rajon Rondo. It's if you want to score, here's a bucket for you. Here and you go.
1: Buck is for everybody. Like, like he's Oprah giving out prizes.
0: Uh, well, I just want to say this has been a fantastic talk, man. I've enjoyed it a lot. We, I feel like we got, we got to terms with a lot of players that we could potentially sign and just give a quick shout out where people can find you. I'll put it obviously in the description, but just give a shout out quickly.
1: Alan, I'll be quick, uh, but allow me to seriously thank you for the you know for the invitation once again. Um, I always like talking hoops with you. I anticipate doing it again this summer. Um, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. For me, easiest place is on Twitter, at Jabari Davis NBA. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, I'm the co-host of the Hot Takes and Shot Fakes uh, podcast, uh, which you can be found on HoopMag.com. Uh, and I recommend also following my co-host that I uh, all often will talk about, at Josh Everly.
0: Josh Josh Ebel is a good follow because, like 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 us, we, we give honest NBA takes regardless of what team it is. And Josh is also one of those guys. You can tell sometimes when he's a bit begrudgingly to give that honest <laughs> opinion, but he yes. is a good guy. And I absolutely recommend the follow. I recommend you listen to their podcast. Or I recommend you go on Hoop Mag, read their articles. They're all great on there. So, once again, thank you for coming on thank you the audience for listening leave us a good review on itunes leave five stars if possible let me know get into touch if you think you know we're wrong or we always enjoy a good debate on twitter it, oh it, yes. it, it, it's that part of the it's that part of nba twitter where we're not afraid to justify our opinions in any means so thank you all for listening once more and we've got anthony davis so who cares about the rest of the league <laughs> Good night.